Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. How about that Old Testament lesson? I think I'll go with the gospel. (laughs) If you've been with us the past few weeks, we've been with Jesus in Matthew 13, and he's talking to us about the kingdom of God. Two weeks ago, we heard the parable of the sower, the story of the farmer who walks around dropping seeds right and left, not giving too much thought where they land. Now the seeds, we were told, are little flickers of God's kingdom breaking into the world. And Jesus drops seeds by employing his favorite style of teaching. He tells parables. And today you can see these five parables as little seeds that he's dropping into our laps. Little snapshots, little movie trailers of what the kingdom of God looks like. And you've got to catch the irony of it all. Rome is building its kingdom. A kingdom of unprecedented wealth and infrastructure and commerce and conquest. You want to see the Roman kingdom? Go to the Colosseum or go to the massive temple or to the baths. Rome has got it made. Glitz glory and gladiators. And off the beaten track in a tiny little podunk town in a podunk part of the empire is a Jewish rabbi. And he stumbles onto the scene and says, you want to know what power looks like? You want to know what success looks like? You want to talk glory? Take a look at this tiny little seed. It's in the small, the little, the least, the insignificant. That's where life is. Never mind the Colosseum. Never mind Heinz Field, he might say to us today. I'm going to get in trouble. Take a look at this seed. Did you notice the mustard seed in your bulletin? Take a look at that. That's where life is. That's where power is. Let me give you a modern day story to help shed some light on what I think is going on here. Some of you may remember the orange revolution in Ukraine. It was in 2004's election, Viktor Yuvchenko stood for the president when an amazing thing happened. So Yushchenko was vehemently opposed by the ruling party. His face was disfigured, and he almost lost his life when he was mysteriously poisoned. This was not enough to deter him from standing for the presidency. On the day of the election, Yushchenko was comfortably in the lead. The ruling party, not to be denied, tampered with the results. The state-run television station reported Ladies and gentlemen, we announce that the challenger, Viktor Yuvchenko, has been decisively defeated. In the lower right-hand corner of the screen, a woman by the name of Natalia Dmitruk 
was providing a translation service for the deaf community. As the news presenter regurgitated the lies of the regime, Natalia Dimitruk refused to translate them. I'm addressing all the deaf citizens of Ukraine, she signed. They are lying, and I'm ashamed to translate these lies. Yushchenko is our president. The deaf community sprang into gear. They text messaged their friends about the fraudulent result, and as news spread of Dimitruk's act of defiance, increasing numbers of journalists were inspired to likewise tell the truth. Over the coming weeks, the Orange Revolution occurred as a million people wearing orange made their way to the capital city of Kiev, demanding a new election. The government was forced to meet their demands, a new election was held, and Viktor Yushchenko became president. An amazing story. One of my favorite writers, Philip Yancey, was writing on the Orange Revolution, and he said this in a recent book. When I heard this story, the image of a small screen of truth in the corner of the big screen became for me an ideal picture of the church. You see, we as a church do not control the big screen. Go to any magazine rack or turn on the television and you see a consistent message, he writes. What matters is how beautiful you are, how much money or power you have. Similarly, though the world includes many poor people, they, they rarely make the magazine covers or the news shows. Instead, we focus on the super rich, names like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. Our society is hardly unique. Throughout history, nations have always glorified winners, not losers. Then, like a sign language translator in the lower right-hand corner of the screen, along comes a person named Jesus, who says, in effect, don't believe the big screen. They're lying. It's the poor who are blessed. Mourners are blessed too, as well as those who hunger and thirst and the persecuted. Those who go through life thinking they're on top end up on the bottom, and those at the bottom, they end up on the top. After all, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose their soul? I think that's the story of the mustard seed. Jesus holds it up, pinched between his fingers, with the Roman Colosseum in the background. Don't believe the big screen. Don't believe it. The big screen is all about quantity and size and acquisition and striving and more. It's all about the proverbial rat race. And we all know deep down that there is a huge problem with the rat race. It's not so much that in the rat race there is a massive disparity between the winners and the losers, though that is a problem. The real issue is that in the rat race, everyone's a rat. And Jesus says, don't believe that. You're not a rat. <laughs> don't believe what they tell you on the big screen. It's no wonder Jesus got in trouble. 
you know, there's a lot of talk out there about belief in God and belief in organized religion and all the rest falling into decline. People just aren't as interested as they once were. God doesn't have the cultural footing that God once did. Gone are the days when you can assume that everyone you meet knows about the Bible or knows about Jesus and the gospel. Real estate in the kingdom of heaven is just not as popular as it once was, so some might say. Where is God? We know where God is. God is where God has always been. God's on the small screen. God's in the out-of-the-way places, some podunk town in Israel, something small and forgotten like a little mustard seed. God's on the move in a place you would never think to look. God's alive and well on the small screen. And as I see it, each little act of faithfulness, each time we witness to God's world, each time we say, you're not a rat, you're royalty. Each time we witness to the world loved and healed and made whole by Jesus, we are planting a seed. We are like the Ukrainians putting on our orange t-shirts for the revolution. And we have been promised that the story on the small screen, the story about Jesus' rightful kingship, is the truth of the world's future. The hope and glory that shines in us even today. Freeing us, claiming us, empowering us to live as citizens of a kingdom that will never fade away.